0: Everything that we're experiencing and all of the growth and all the opportunities that seem like they're right there ready for us are because our audience has been so great to us.
1: Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining me today, Jonathan Oaks from TrivialWarfare.com. Jonathan, how are you doing, sir? I am doing very well, my friend. How are you? I am thrilled to be hanging out with you because not only are you a speaker at a conference that I'm attending, but you also have a plaque <laughs> that is in the seat next to me. And for people that aren't here that can't see this, you're going to have to describe what in the world we're looking at.
0: This is a thing of beauty. So this is a framed congratulatory message from the House of Congress in Massachusetts. It's actually the Massachusetts House of Representatives and it says Congratulations to Trivial Warfare in recognition of your 100th episode. The entire membership extends its very best wishes and our hope for your future good fortune. (laughs) It was really cool. So what happened is I have listeners who are Massachusetts state representatives. You have a podcast called Trivial Warfare. Absolutely. It's a trivia game show. Yes. It's like going to a bar and playing a pub quiz game. And these representatives from Massachusetts came on the show And we had a lot of fun with them. And this was their way to say thank you about that. Oh, what
1: a cool thing.
0: And what's funny is you don't even live in Massachusetts. What's funnier is I don't even like Massachusetts. (laughs) I'm vocal. I've been vocal on record for 100 episodes. I don't like Boston. I don't like the Red Sox. I hate the Patriots. And so literally, I had to eat my words. I had to say, Massachusetts, you're all right with me. But I still
1: hate Tom Brady. Oh, (laughs) Well, I think it's pretty cool that you got this plaque. That's pretty amazing. And Trivial Warfare is a show that, I mean, I, you've told me a little bit about some of the people that listen to your show and that have ended up being on your show. And so let's just go there for a moment because I think that's really fascinating. You've run into some folks that, you know, might surprise some people.
0: Yeah, you know, so when we're doing a show like this, we're going to get above average intelligent people, Right. Yeah, that's easy for me to say. People of above average intelligence. So, we've had congressmen on. We've had Jeopardy champions on. I had a great show, episode 98. I pitted two different Jeopardy champions against each other in a, in a little match to see who was better. We've had a lot of Jeopardy players on, and just it's a really great community that we're able to engage with and have on the show and have a good time with it.
1: So, let's give an example of the show, what it would be like. So, let's pretend you and I are playing for a moment okay so it's a game show we
0: would have a third person yep and they would be a host there's six rounds with three questions each and they would ask the question one of us whoever figured it out first would write down our answer circle it and the other one would start talking out loud trying to figure out what the answer is so i might say something like okay i know this person was in that movie this person was in that movie so i think that means the answer might be this and then you would give your answer and we'd get scored for it. Can you ask me a test question? Absolutely. Who wrote the song A Boy Named Sue? Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash sang a boy named Sue. Oh. Shell Silverstein wrote it. Oh. Shell Silverstein. I did not know that. Yep. Yes. Love that kind of trivia. Where okay, it comes fair out of left field. Yep. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> All right. So why trivia? Why trivial warfare?
0: You know, I've always been a trivia fan. I grew up loving Trivial Pursuit. I did a game called Brain Brawl when I was in high school. And when I started listening to podcasts, I realized, hey, there might be games out there that are like trivia games. And I'm going to go find those. And what I found were some shows that were related to trivia, but they weren't competitions. They weren't games. They were just sharing interesting facts. And while those are nice, I wanted something I could play, something I could play along with. I have this desire to prove that I'm smarter than other people, right? And so it wasn't out there. And I figured, okay, if these people can do that, then I can create what I want to listen to. And that's what I ended up doing with Trivial Warfare. It's literally the game that I wanted to hear on the radio or on a podcast. And so it's exactly what I wanted.
1: Okay. So from wanting to do it to now creating it, how did you realize, okay, this is going to be... My idea for a podcast. And oh, yeah, now I'm going to learn how to podcast, so on and so forth. You know, it's really interesting. I never felt like I had any barriers to entry. Right
0: out of high school, I worked as a board ops technician at a local AM station. So I used to be in the producer's room. It was on Saturdays and Sundays, canned shows. It wasn't live shows, but I would pull down the volumes, turn on the commercials, change tapes, splice stuff together. And so I had familiarity. With an operations board. And when I saw the equipment for podcasting, I was like, holy crap, that looks just like the stuff I used to deal with when I worked at the radio station. And so the idea of giving it a try and buying some microphones and starting to record, it never really had any, there was no fear there. I figured I could do it. Lo and behold, I could do it. You could do it. So (laughs) what were those first few episodes like? What did you learn from those? They were good for what they were. It was head-to-head, me against my best friend, Chris. We started the show together. It was always my show, but Chris is literally the person I play trivia with. So it was me against him. I would ask questions to him. He would ask questions to me. It went okay, but it wasn't really the show that we have now, and it wasn't the show that other people have fallen in love with, right? What really started to happen was we added hosts. And so all of a sudden, we had a level playing field. We're both answering the same questions. And our audience can now play along and see if they could have beaten one of us or both of us on the same show, answering the same questions. And that's, that was really a big step towards taking it from the very beginning stages, the proto stages, to getting us closer to where we are now.
1: And at what point did, you, did that idea occur to you? Hey, let's try this.
0: You know, it was um, pretty early on. We knew that we were struggling when we would argue over whose questions were harder He he's like, well, Jonathan, I'm losing because you're asking harder questions. I'm like, you're losing because you're worse than me, right? (laughs) And so we realized like we need the same questions and that means we need somebody to ask. And we went to our favorite local trivia host at a restaurant and said, hey, listen to the show on this thumb drive. It's our show. We'd love for you to come on and record with us. You can use questions that you've used in your pub trivia games. You don't have to write anything. You don't have to do any work just come in and ask the questions for us. And that was,
1: that's how it happened. Okay. And then you decided to move it beyond just you and your friend, Chris. You know, it
0: wasn't intentional there. That happened because some of our other friends said, Hey, I really love what you're doing. Can I do it too? And I looked at him and I was thinking, well, are you first, my thought was, are you good at trivia? Cause I never would have thought that. Right. So we have a, uh, a co-host, Carmela, and Carmela came on and she did a history episode with us as a contestant in a three-way, and she was fantastic. And I thought to myself, holy moly, that was really good. I want her back. And then our friend Ben was like, I'm not great at trivia, but I'd love to ask questions. So are you interested? And I'm like, yeah, because we sometimes our guys can't show up and we need somebody else there. Yeah, And so it was our audience members who were local- who loved what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it. And that's how we ended up expanding to the full group.
1: So once you expanded, at what point did you realize, oh man, this is taking off. People will really like this. It's resonating. When did that occur? So
0: we experienced slow, steady growth over the course of about a year and a half. Okay. It was always good. We never felt discouraged. We weren't getting a lot of communication, but we never felt discouraged because we're playing a game. So even if nobody's listening, we're having fun together as friends. Makes sense. Right? At the beginning of 2016, I had just started our Facebook group and people started to interact with us more directly. And that was critical. We started really getting response from people who were engaged. They knew who we were. They wanted to talk to us. And so our group atmosphere was a big deal. And then in July, we started bringing listeners on regularly as players and hosts. And that's when it really started taking off. Our growth since then has been exponential.
1: Man, congratulations. I love how you just took something that you enjoyed and that you did anyway, and now it's turned into what it is. So what what do you think the future has for Trivial Warfare? It's a fun question to play around with. I think that doing what we're doing now, we
0: can continue to grow. And I think there's a lot of headroom there. You know, when you dream about it, though, you always dream, okay, what's the next big step, right? I think Trivial Warfare could be, we could have spinoffs. I think that's a logical next step. But I think Trivial Warfare could someday turn into a TV program. Wow. It could could turn into, I mean, Alex Trebek is retiring after this season. I don't know if you know that, right? I don't know how good Jeopardy is going to be without Alex Trebek. Maybe there are people who are going to be moving away from Jeopardy. What are they going to listen to? There are millions and millions of people who love trivia, if you can just get them to coalesce around something that's good, you never know how far it can go. And so my job is to make sure that we get it in front of as many people as possible and that we're good enough to be worth their time.
1: Would it make sense to try like, something like on YouTube where you're just recording? For us, no. And the
0: reason is that the show is very heavily edited. When I ask a question, it might take somebody three minutes to come up with their answer, Right. And some of that is going down paths that aren't entertaining and they're boring or they're quiet. Yeah. And so we have to clean all of that up so that the show can be tight and it can be just the good stuff, right? So it's not the, the recording might be three to three and a half hours long. The show is going to be between an hour and 20 minutes and usually an hour and 40, sometimes longer. So we cut a lot to get it down to just the stuff that I think is worth having on the show. So how long does that process take for you? It used to take longer than it does now. I hired an editor, Joel Sharpton, who does a great job. I don't ask him to get really nitty gritty with it. I ask him to do the first level cuts, the high level, and he cleans a lot of that up for me. So I'm not listening to three and a half hours. Once I get it from him, it's already in good shape. And I just go in and make tweaks. So probably two hours of editing that I do after I get it back from him and maybe 20 minutes to get everything else ready to go for the week.
1: I love it. All right, Jonathan. So as we start to wrap up here, two questions. One being, where can people connect with you online? Trivialwarfare.com is the simplest place to check out the show and learn about it. If you
0: like the show and you want to be a part of it, then you literally should go search out the Facebook group Trivial Warfare Army. You can be a part of what we're doing. The community is fantastic. So whether you think you're good or not, if you like trivia, that's the best place to find me.
1: Fair enough. And we always ask for final thoughts. You know, we're here at
0: PodFest and I just did a, um, a speech on audience engagement and it really does strike me. I actually, Before I did that, I wrote a message out to our group saying thank you to all of our listeners for their level of engagement because truly everything that we're experiencing and all of the growth and all the opportunities that seem like they're right there ready for us, are because our audience has been so great to us. So my final thoughts are always around thanking my audience and just being grateful for what's
1: happening. Well, Jonathan, I'm grateful for your time and appreciate what you're doing, man. Thank you for being willing to chat. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this with me.